I'm Halima Atta, and welcome back to another episode of A Little Perspective. Music is one of the driving forces of the world. Not even just our Western society, but the world in itself. Whether observed in indigenous throat singing, Ghanaian drums, classical Italian and French sonatas, or American country music, music is one of the only aspects of life which is prevalent throughout the entire globe. Personally speaking, and most likely on behalf of the majority of my classmates and friends, music keeps me sane. It's hard to imagine a day where it goes unnoticed to me or isn't a thought that crosses my mind in some capacity. And perhaps most notably, music has the power to enrich our lives. Given that it's a driving force in so many areas, it's not surprising that participation in music, regardless of the mode, reaps many benefits of individuals from a societal viewpoint. This universal interest can be observed in the numbers as well. A recent study by Nielsen Music showed that 90% of the population listens to music. Additionally, according to a survey conducted by the Gallup organization, slightly more than one in two, or 54% of households surveyed, have a member who plays a musical instrument. Essentially, observed everywhere, music is enriching and beneficial to our population, which is obviously great to hear. However, the situation turns sour when the realization is reached that school music programs, as well as art programs in general, which are responsible for helping to foster this appreciation for music from such a young age, they're critically underfunded, with many of these programs being removed altogether. So given that music, such as that playing right now in the background, can be commonly seen as such a big contributor of exuberance and character in our lives, when it is stripped of its support, the world becomes just that more dull. As renowned musician Louis Armstrong said, music is life itself. So why is that philosophy not being reflected in our American schools and programs? Continue listening to learn more about why music involvement is integral to student life, characterized by its vast benefits for learning and growing individuals, as well as the issue of funding for the arts and the right method of music inclusion in school systems. As previously mentioned, music participation reaps tons of benefits for students across a broad spectrum. To illustrate this point, there is first the influence music has on cognitive development. According to an article by the National Center for Biotechnology Information, playing an instrument requires a host of skills, including reading a complex symbolic system, musical notation, and translating it into sequential bimanual motor activity dependent on multi-sensory feedback, developing fine motor skills coupled with metric precision, memorizing long musical passages, and improvising within given musical parameters. Essentially, playing an instrument involves having to be able to interpret notes, which are symbols on paper, within a brief amount of time. This complicated skill becomes a second nature with time with consistent practice, and this practice helps to develop the areas of the brain related to language and reasoning, the left side. Not to mention, there is a really cool phenomenon observed in music called muscle memory and many other activities, not just music. The more you play something, the more it will be imprinted in your brain with better finger dexterity. So with this concept is memorizing comes memorizing music unknowingly. I've experienced this myself as a musician and it's always surprising to play a song I've been practicing without my music and just have my fingers automatically know where to go without even thinking. This means that those involved with music will have an improved sense of cognitive development, auditory and memorization skills, which are obviously very useful to have as functioning members of society. Next up, musicians build a better sense of coordination. While playing an instrument, one must be reading notes and transcribing them in their head, all while being able to put air through an instrument if it's a wind and be able to move their fingers and hands accordingly. 
It's a lot to do at once, and with practice, it does even feel complex. And this familiarity with doing three or more different behaviors all at once in a short period of time builds hand-eye coordination. Now, imagine being in a marching band or even just tapping your foot as you play. Memorizing bodily movements, dancing, marching, tapping your foot, etc., while playing memorized music and translating notes into hand movement, and then actually doing the movement physically throughout on your instrument is quite a skill which significantly benefits one's brain and coordination. Perhaps one of the most notable and valuable benefits of music education and involvement in music education is the sense of achievement and enjoyment which comes with it, which can translate to an engagement in school, which has a lot of layers, so bear with me. Many students who learn an instrument are disadvantaged, whether socially, economically, and musical involvement serves as an incentive for them to continue their education. As mentioned in my two-part series on school system flaws, which you should definitely listen to if you haven't already, many economically disadvantaged students feel isolated in their classes as the system is never quite looking out for their best interests. Through learning an instrument or becoming musically involved, in addition to garnering these skills, which I previously talked about, students feel a sense of accomplishment, whether it comes from them playing a measure correctly after a hard practice session, being recognized by their director, or finishing a performance after apprehensiveness and nerves, this musical involvement can serve as one of their incentives to continue to attend school and learn in a system pitted against them in so many other fields. Not to mention, music is money. Learning an instrument can provide students with free college through band scholarships, which have benefited so many disadvantaged students. As for the socially disadvantaged children, music programs like band, choir, etc. serve as something therapeutic. Coming from a formerly shy kid, being able to make a piece of metal or plastic sing is incredible. Not having the courage to make friends or talk to people at a young age where all kids are doing it is so brutal, and as every musician has heard, when words fail, music speaks. So being involved with music can foster character development as you're interacting with other people who are learning the same skill as you. Plus, using your instrument as a voice is something which a lot of students can resonate with, which also can encourage commitment to showing up to school. Lastly, music involvement builds development in creative thinking and intelligence. We can observe the skill at work in improvisation, whether in jazz band during a solo or chorus during a riff, even in other arts like dance. Being able to come up with new ideas on the spot is very beneficial. It nurtures imagination in children and creative thinking in young adults, which feeds problem-solving skills and a love of learning. So as no episode of A Little Perspective would ever be complete without a mention from me that I play an instrument, I wanted to include my personal background with music, as well as, more importantly, my experience with it in my education as a public school student. So for starters, I play the alto and soprano saxophone, as well as a piano. I started reading music at six when I was first introduced to piano in first grade before taking a hiatus from lessons until third. So it's important to note that when introduced to music at such a young age, it wasn't through school for me or some publicly funded program. My parents paid for private lessons as they had this rule that my sisters and I had to take lessons until we either learned a completely different instrument or fully committed to a different extracurricular, which usually usually occurred in middle school. So I got sidetracked, but my main takeaway here is that I didn't experience the underfunded issue until I transferred from a tiny private to a public elementary school in second grade. Their way of including music in the curriculum was through specials time. So every day we would attend either PE, music, or media, which was like library reading, after lunch, and rotate those three options in a schedule. The music special, to put it blatantly, was not optimal. 
Although, yes, students were hearing music, there were several problems. One, there was just not enough time. Specials were 30 minutes each, and when considering the time spent getting children both situated in and being dismissed from the classroom, it felt like significantly less. Not enough time for instruction and genuine learning just meant it was rushed. Two, there was a lack of instrument availability. This is a direct result of the funding issue, which I'll get into later. There was a mini keyboard station set up in which students had to split between up to three people each, as a lot of them didn't work. We actually won a grant, however, through the efforts of our music teacher himself. So when funding fails, at least there's grants you can apply for. Anyways, with that money, violins were bought, which deteriorated very quickly, and within a year, many didn't play anymore. But the point of me saying all of this isn't to bash my elementary school. It just shows the reality of music programs. Obviously, those with a very minor background in music, like me, were able to build their appreciation for music through this. But for the many who didn't have that, the light wasn't sparked. And that should be the goal of music inclusion in schools, to give everyone enough of a musical background so that they can use it to appropriately decide if it's something they have an interest for, or at least to build that appreciation. Instead, those with some musical background just built appreciation for music further, and those who didn't just weren't influenced enough. This situation directly translates into the problem of underfunding of the arts in public schools and their programs. It's really no surprise that music and arts programs in general are unfortunately underfunded. This is depicted everywhere, and given the vast positive implications that come from music involvement and its positive worldview, it's hard to figure out why music programs throughout the country have to suffer with some being cut altogether. To read from a blog by the University of Oregon, as federal and state funding for schools declines, the need to cut programs appears in local schools. Art programs are often targets for budget cuts when discussing school funding. While the idea that the arts are not essential is an issue, studies have shown that arts create exactly what America wants in its children, academic achievement, social and emotional development, civic engagement, and equitable opportunity. That puts this whole issue into perspective. It's not that America hates music or music education, but that when it comes down to money allocation, they view it as an unnecessary elective. And this puts students who want to enter the arts, whether through dance, music, art, etc., at a disadvantage. The same way students who want to become doctors or scientists get the ample amount of learning time dedicated to their future career paths through optional classes like AP Sciences without a lack of funding, students who want to go down the arts career path should get the same treatment. You can't simply say that students involved in the arts should find more realistic aspirations because the arts don't pay, and then deprive them of the necessary learning to perfect their craft. It's an unfair disadvantage which underfunding for these programs only amplifies. And to get a better perspective, I spoke to some students aiming towards career programs in the arts, getting their insight, both positive and negative, on how they feel their interests have been catered to by schools and their funding. So the first person I talked to was a classmate of mine who has a background in theater and an interest in the arts. She's also a dancer who serves as a section leader for our school's dance team and band and for our school's general dance team. Speaking, she said, as far as the overall school goes, there isn't much help. Although we have many different classes, programs like theater don't get the funding they need and usually have to fund themselves. Not to mention, as far as visual arts, there are plenty of classes and even ACE classes, so accelerated learning, dedicated to them, such as photography, drawing, and film. But as for theater and dance, once you get into the class, you don't do anything for a year and you're stuffed in a class with many different levels, people who have different strengths. 
The second person I spoke to was another classmate of mine who has a background in music and serves as a percussion section leader and a band captain. He spoke saying that he thinks the general thought is that arts require less work or effort than sciences, math, or English, or that careers in arts aren't as real, in quotation marks, as jobs in like the STEM field, so schools don't really put as much of an emphasis on the arts and steer kids into going to more professional fields. But there are definitely still a lot of opportunities for the arts, depending on what school you go to. That goes for funding, too. And I think funding goes to athletics. Speaking on his experience as a musician, he continued to say that in elementary there were music programs that taught us basic stuff about music and taught us to play instruments like the recorder. In middle school, there were actual band programs for marching, concert, jazz, and he was really grateful to have a band director who encouraged him to stick with band in high school. In band in high school, there were the most opportunities for music and the arts. For example, he's currently enrolled in two different band classes that have two different focuses. However, he said he just saw band, due to the school system's portrayal of it, as an extracurricular or hobby, and music never really struck him as an actual career option until recently. Schools try to push other programs to students more than the arts, but they still leave the arts as an accessible option for any student who wishes to pursue it, including students like me. So although they had slightly different insights, both of those testimonies had the same focus. It really depends, and in places like our school specifically, it can either go to the best extent or the worst, depending on the specific program in the arts. To speak on my behalf and my experience with music and programs that you know, correlate with it, as the, the second student I interviewed said, he had a great band director in middle school who encouraged him to stick with band, and in middle school he had the abundance of programs like marching, jazz, and symphonic programs. However, for students like me, band wasn't really an option in middle school. The funding was really bad, and we barely even had enough people in our band classes. We didn't have a marching band, we didn't have a jazz band. Well, we did, it emerged in like my last year of middle school, but it wasn't very well established. And we didn't have a symphonic program until, again, later in my experience, any genuine programs until later in my experience. Speaking on the fact that I had this worse experience with music programs and funding in middle school versus the contrary with the last person I interviewed who had a better experience with the abundance of different programs, it really depends on where you are. And coming from my perspective, that really shouldn't be the case. When it comes to music and just how vital it is for a lot of students and how it's pushed aside, it really shouldn't be the case that some schools have really exceptional programs and others don't, especially when neither of them are specializing in the arts. They're just both general public schools. Whether middle, high, or elementary, all public schools should get the same treatment and funding in terms of music programs, because there's really no reason why one school should have better programs and accessibility to music than another. So it's all about equity within schools and their music programs. So no episode of A Little Perspective would be complete without me proposing a solution. However, this one is a little bit different because I can't single-handedly control the government's funding and money allocation, but I sure can give an idea of what it should be. So as for the ideal music program, it should be introduced at a much younger age for children. The critical period makes it easier for children to pick up music and fosters imagination and problem-solving skills, which obviously children and kids need. By introducing music at a young age, including elementary school and maybe even a little bit before, students are able to build that background in music that a lot of them were not able to get. For example, I was able to take piano lessons private piano lessons from a young age, and I did it all the way up until like seventh grade. A lot of other students didn't have that background. Therefore, when 
quote unquote introduced to music through these 20 minute specials in second grade and beyond, they weren't really getting the same appreciation or building that same appreciation that students like me who had a background in it were. They weren't furthering anything. They weren't getting enough time to practice. They weren't having enough instruments available to even learn, quality of instruments available to learn. And that made their learning experience significantly worse than people like me or for other students that had a background in music. To build that appreciation, there has to be a foundation. And not everybody had that foundation. Therefore, music needs to be introduced at a much younger age, during the critical period in childhood, where students will be able to retain music notes, notation, and build a better appreciation for it, which will make them have a better informed mind, meaning that they'll be better informed in the sense of do I want to pursue music in the future or do I just want to do it as a hobby? Because I think if everybody gets the proper funding for it and if every child gets a proper foundation for music, significantly more children would be involved with music today. So with that being said, unfortunately, every single episode has to come to an end. I just want to reiterate something that's really, really important. For a lot of students, when words fail, music speaks. And imagine those who don't even get the opportunity to learn an instrument or how to sing or how to dance or how to paint. Not just music, which is what I centered on in this episode, but the arts are a vital part of childhood, of brain development, of life. Given that 90% of the population listens to music, why is it so underfunded? I think that by not funding these programs, students are just turned away from the possibility of having a career in the arts. It really doesn't make sense to tell students that the arts aren't a realistic dream to have or that they need to build better aspirations for themselves because nobody's going to hire you as a musician or as a singer, etc, etc. And then just turning them away from the skills that they need to perfect their craft. It's really just contradicting in itself and programs like band, like art, like actually like painting, drawing, like theater, dance. It isn't fair that students who want to go into professions like neuroscience, like me, get the option of taking optional advanced classes to help them. Because it's very important to note that AP classes are not mandatory. These higher level classes are not mandatory. Therefore, if music isn't seen as mandatory, why are these AP classes given funding by the government for students that want to go into chemistry as a major in the future, but those who want to enter music or the arts, which is also a very legitimate and valid career path in the future, just get stripped of the funding for them to perfect their craft. It's really contradictory and the government should do better. With that being said, I hope that you were able to learn something new from this episode, whether about music development, music inclusion, and I hope that you're able to change your perspective on its importance and why we need it in our schools. With that being said, make sure to tune in for a new episode next week, and I'll see you on A Little Perspective.